I have no idea who they are. So. Wait, you don't know who <laughs> Limp Biscuit are? No, I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize for it, but that's gonna be the clip that I cut from this episode. I can't believe. <laughs> I can't believe you don't know the song like Nookie Break Stuff. None of that. Break stuff. I know break stuff. That's Limp Biscuit. There yeah. we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. This week on the show, we've got NXT Women's Champion Tiffany Stratton, someone who has a rocket tied to their back right now, and they are on a massive upward trajectory. So I'm excited to have Tiffany Stratton here to chat with and find out who she is as a person, what makes her tick. And also, there's not a ton of information about her history, who she is, how she grew up, where she comes from, all that kind of stuff. There's not a ton of information about that on the internet. So it's nice that we get her here for 45 minutes and we get to hear all about the life story of Tiffany Stratton. Now, before we get to that tiny bit of housekeeping, just make sure if you're watching this, if you're on the YouTube channel, go subscribe to the Out of Character podcast feed as well. That way you can listen to it on the go wherever you are and not just in the YouTube channel. I want to make sure that you guys are checking out all of these because I really do feel like this show has hit its stride. I'm enjoying all the conversations that I've been having these last few weeks. I actually think I actually think I've loved all the episodes of the show that we have done. Of course, well, almost all of them. But um I think that these last like 5 to 6 episodes have been the best that we've ever done on the podcast. I'm just so happy with how they've been turning out lately. So if you don't listen to all of them, if you only catch part of it, make sure that you guys are subscribed to the Add a Character podcast feed as well. And if you're in the podcast feed, if you're listening to this via podcast right now, I appreciate you. But also, go hook it up with a review if you can. I, I It helps me out a lot. It helps people know that this show is something worth listening to. So if you're listening in the podcast feed right now, do me a favor and leave a review. I would appreciate it very much. All right, enough of that. I'm sorry. I had to get that out of the way. Let's get to my conversation with NXT Women's Champion, Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton, welcome to Add a Character. How's it going? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Glad to have you here. I'm excited to finally chat with you. I think we were supposed to do this once a few months ago. It ended up falling through, so I'm glad that we finally get to do it now. And now it's better because you've had even more happen. Now you're the NXT Women's Champion. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I'm so excited to do this. I've I've seen so many people do this. And I'm like, oh, I want to go on that. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of the interviews you've done have, have, have mainly been in character. So I'm excited to, to hear more about you, the person. Yeah, I'm excited to like show people my, my real personality, I guess. I've, I mean, Tiffany is kind of me, just like turned up a little bit, but this I feel like I can just be authentic in myself. <laughs> well, how much of yourself would you say there is in the character of Tiffany Stratton? Uh, I would say like a lot of it is kind of just my inner thoughts. It's it's just me actually saying it, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, if I'm going to be real. Um, I kind of just like take what I think and I just I, like just turn it up a bunch of notches. Are you a fairly, do you get, are you easily annoyed by people in real life? Yeah, I'm a very irritable person. It's, it's not a good trait to have, but I guess it is for the character of Tiffany Stratton. <laughs> yeah, when you want to be a bad, when you want to be a villain, it's definitely nice to be able to have those inner thoughts to play off of. 
It's very true. I, I feel like I, I'm in a good position with the role that I play. <laughs> <laughs> well, how would you describe your off-screen personality? You just, you at home, how would you describe yourself? Um, it's a good question. I would say I'm, I'm very chill. Um, I'm not uh, like a, I don't know. I don't need a lot to be content. I just need TikTok. I need um, a good, a good meal in front of me, a good TV show. And I'm content. I will lay in bed all day watching TikTok, eating food, watching TV. It's really, it's really simple for me. I can get sucked into TikTok so easily too. That algorithm's insane. I love TikTok. That is like, that's actually where a lot I get a lot of ideas from. I see like people, there's so many creative ideas on TikTok and I kind of like just take it and I kind of form it into my own idea. And yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah you and you do the, I feel like you do the get ready with me's on there sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean that Alex Earl girl has taken off. I'm like, what if I could be the Alex Earl of WWE? <laughs> yeah, I think that I, it's easy to see other people and you're like, well, I can do that. Why I can yeah. do that. You know, <laughs> like, like I could do these. That's why I, that's what drew me to TikTok. Cause I was like, my wife, she was on there and people were caring about her and being a caregiver for her mom and got me to kind of go on there. And then I would get ideas creatively. And then it'd be like, oh, well. Wait, I'm interviewing people. I can make clips like this for social media. Exactly. This is what I can do with my clips. I finally have an outlet to make clips for the show. And then, you know, that snowballed. And now I'm having fun making TikToks all the time. Exactly. I, I literally love TikTok. Anything I, I can, you know, take and put on there, I do. Because people go viral for the stupidest reasons. <laughs> it's like someone dropping a croissant on the floor or something and they go viral. <laughs> so true. It's, it's someone doing like my red flags while they're on the toilet and they're, they, yeah. boom, million views. And you're like, I put so much effort into the video I made though. I know, it's so crazy. It's like the ones that you don't put that much effort in that go viral. Every time, <laughs> every single yeah. time. And it's so frustrating. Cause you're like, well, what about this other one was so much better, but. You know. <laughs> I don't think it works as well on TikTok though. It wants that real moment. It doesn't want that yeah. that inorganic moment. And it wants it like the thing that you filmed on the app that feels real. Yeah, like the the authenticity of it and the organic feel. Yes. So what do you what do you like to do in your free time then? Um, I like to work out. Um lately it's been hard. My schedule's been crazy. I wrestle all the time, so my body just feels a little beat up as of recently, but um, I try to work out. I try to train legs like three times a week. And honestly, that has not been happening as of lately. Um, but I, I work out, I lay by my pool, I scroll through TikTok and that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a bad existence whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, getting, getting paid to work out and, and, and uh, hang out by the pool is yeah. not bad at all. I I'm living the life, honestly. Like I couldn't ask for anything else. I my life's not very glamorous, but like I'm okay with that. I'm doing what I love, and I'm getting paid to do it. So. It's, it's semi glamorous. You're on TV every week. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you're getting beat up for a living, but it's still. Yeah. It's, it's still. <laughs> it's still like, like the only glamorous part of it is like Tuesdays, and then after that, it's back to work. It's back to the drawing board. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. Well, when you've been creating this character, you know, you're still new in your career, but when you've been putting this character together, who have some of the inspirations been behind everything that you've been doing? Um, I would say I, I draw a lot of inspiration from Sharpay Evans from High School Musical 3. I don't know if you're familiar, but I'm a big High School Musical fan, I guess you could say. Um, and then I also draw inspo from like Paris Hilton. I kind of like like her style the most. Um, but character-wise, like personality-wise, I would say I draw from Sharpay Evans from High School Musical. See, this is where you being born in 1999 and me being yeah. a little older is gonna, I'm gonna do my best here, but- uh, You've never seen High School Musical? I don't think I have, no. Oh my gosh, I, you gotta and, get on that. I'm so, my dad was the biggest high school musical, high school the musical fan, so I'm really disappointed he's not gonna be able to see that we had this conversation and we got shamed for not, for not having watched High School Musical, the musical on my own show. He would be very happy with that. Did you watch, so you watched all those high school musical shows? Uh, yeah, so there's three movies. Movies? There's, movies, excuse me. Yeah, they're movies. Excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> um, the third one's my favorite, um, but it's, it's kind of like a Disney Channel movie. It honestly just gives me like nostalgia now every time I watch it and kind of takes me back to my childhood. But um, I loved it back then and I still love it. <laughs> okay. I know who this is. I had to Google it real fast. Uh, yeah, I very. Oh, you Googled her? Yes, I'm, I'm familiar. <laughs> okay, I, I am familiar, and I can see, I can see that in the character for sure. Mm -hmm. The she actually, too. she, I, I stole the toodles from her. I always say toodles, and I kind of got that from her from Sharpay. I, uh, I think Paris Hilton. She's, she's another interesting one on social media. Like her life. Her life is I'm I'm so interested in her life. The house for Ew. her dogs, the photoshopping her baby, like everything about Paris Hilton is so interesting. I know and I she always talks about like she used to put on like this persona and like she would change her voice and like growing up that was not her at all. And now she like kind of came out with everything and she's kind of just grown up into like an actual human being i feel like that's like kind of relatable now but back then she was like an icon she was an a-list celebrity yeah that was like when i worked at tmz so she she was a big deal back then in that office where it was a lot of paris hilton talk all the time and i gravitated more towards her than kim kardashian at the time because at least yeah. paris was like she was a little more outlandish at the time yeah were you working for tmz when like the whole, all the Paris Hilton drama was going on? I, I mean, I worked at TMZ for seven years. So I think like the heyday of her and Britney was like right before, and Lindsay was like right before I started there. But I was there like from cool. like 2009 on, I think. I think it was 2009. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, when you, that's why when I saw 1999, I was like, oh man. Dude. <laughs> oh, she was like 10 yeah. when I was working at TMZ, like crazy. <laughs> I'm still kind of a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, who are some of the people at the Performance Center who have been the most helpful to you in, in you know, crafting your early career? Um, in the very beginning, um, his name is AJ Winkler. He's a coach at the PC. He helped me a lot. Like, he helped me with my character moments. He's, honestly, he was kind of like Tiffany, but in the male form. Um, we kind of joked about it a lot. But AJ Winkler... Sarah Motto helped me a lot. Fit Finley has helped me a lot as well. Terry Taylor, um, Norman Smiley, they all have been 
great helps for me. And I, I kind of take like a little bit from each one and I've kind of like molded it into the wrestler that I am. I think what's interesting to me about you as well in your wrestling career is the fact that I feel like almost every single one of your matches has been televised. Yeah, um, well, except for the live, yeah, like, like, for the most part, like 90% of your matches have been televised. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I only had like three or four matches within the PC uh, before I got put on TV. <laughs> that's that's crazy. I mean, most rookies in wrestling can't say that like their very first match was on TV, you know, in front of people was on television. It's, it's kind of weird for me to think about it because I think now I, I always think to myself, like, how the heck did I do that? I had like three or four matches under my belt before I was put on what they call level up now. And I had like no fear back then. I don't know why, but now I'm like, I could never do that. <laughs> but you you guys have definitely seen me like grow up as a wrestler with like on TV. Like there was no, like I was on the indies and got to like, you know, figure out who I was. Like I had to figure it out quick or else they were gonna take me off TV. <laughs> Well, I think when you have when you have that instilled in you that you know that you have to sink or swim very fast, it definitely shows why you rose to the top so fast because you are extremely talented, and I think that the cream does rise to the top. So I I think that that's why you've managed to do so well on TV. Thank you. Um, it's definitely like a very much sink or swim business. I feel like especially now in NXT with all the new people that we have. They kind of just like throw you in the water and they just kind of see if you swim or if you drown. And it's kind of scary, but I honestly think it weeds out the people that aren't cut out for this business. And I think that that's the point of it because before they'd give yeah. people a little more time and when the 2.0 thing started, it was like, nope, we're going to throw them out there. If they, if they stick, we're going to keep them on the show. If they don't, they're out of here. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. Um, I remember like, I had a friend that was signed for like maybe six months and they just weren't advancing as quickly as they wanted to and they cut them. So I want to, I want to talk about the wrestling stuff, but you're one of those people who doesn't have a ton of information about them online prior to you joining wrestling. So I want to go back a little bit. I want to know about you, the person, where are you from and what was your upbringing like? I'm from Minnesota. I'm from a small town called Prior Lake. It's about 20 minutes south of Minneapolis. Um, I grew up in like a suburb area. Um, it was kind of like, Prior Lake is a very much like, um, I don't know how you would call it. I guess poshy. It's very nice. It's very like suburb. Um, I went to public school the first couple years of my high school career or whatever you want to call it. And then I went into private school um, mostly because I started taking gymnastics seriously and I wanted more time like in the gym. So this private school kind of like helped me with that and would give me the opportunity to like leave school early to go train and stuff like that. So yeah. And then gymnastics was my main priority growing up. Um, I took gymnastics very seriously and it was like my first love, my first passion and, um yeah i loved gymnastics growing up so what when you're, you said it was kind of a posh place where you grew up uh what kind of table were you sitting at during lunch was it the popular kids was it drama kids what, where, where were you sitting oh uh, so me and my best friend i kind of only had like one friend in high school honestly like 
me and my best friend, we were like very close. We still are. Um, we kind of sat by ourselves at our own lunch table. We didn't care. We would just joke around with each other, like catch up at lunch. Um, I did not have a lot of friends. I was not the popular girl in high school. I was kind of like, like people, I guess, knew who I was, but I was never involved in like the parties or like prom. I never went to prom. Um, I you didn't go to prom? No. <laughs> what? I didn't. I know. I kind of regret it, but whatever. It's okay. <laughs> so yeah, you were too cool for school. It seems like. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was doing gymnastics and all that stuff. So yeah. So with the gymnastics, um, your bio says. Uh, let's see. It says you got signed. When you got signed, it said that you were a gymnast who competed on the 2016 national team. Uh, so was the Olympics a goal for you growing up? Yeah, it definitely was a goal for me. I wanted to go to the Olympics. Um, but honestly, like, I got to the age of, like, 19 years old, and I kind of fell out of love with gymnastics. I got to a point where I I just I didn't like coming to practice every day. It was exhausting, like, mentally, mentally and physically, and I kind of just fell out of it. And when I don't like something, I will not force myself to do it. I will just totally, like honestly like cut all ties with it i don't care i will not like life is short i'm not gonna do things like i i don't want to do so i quit and then i kind of like got into crossfit right away like i wanted to do something that was still like competitive and athletic and that's how i got into crossfit and then later on into bodybuilding that explains how you started getting ripped after after gymnastics, yeah <laughs> <you know? laughs> so then okay wait so I, I was trying to figure this out while doing the research on you. So you so when I was looking up like the national team that year, there were a bunch of big names that people would know f on that team, like Simone Biles and Allie mm -hmm. Raisman and Michaela Maroney. Did you ever have any interaction with those people while you were doing gymnastics? So my gymnastics type was not the artistic, like what Simone Biles or Allie Raisman I was a trampoline gymnast, um, so we did something called the double mini trampoline. So you run towards it like a vault, and you bounce on it, and you bounce off it, and you try and stick the landing. It was actually a video up of what it was. Um, I think my producer has it. She'll probably play it in a second. She, I saw her watching yeah. it before. Yeah. Uh, that's called double mini trampoline. And then we have just the regular trampoline, which is a, a rectangular white bed trampoline. And... You bounce on it and you do two routines. Um, one is like called the compulsory routine. So that's the easier skills and you have to do them as pretty as possible. And then you have your optional routine, which is the harder routine, uh, which has all like the doubles and the triples and the twists and all the cool stuff you see. And then we have something called power tumbling. Um, you tumble down like a long uh, like rod floor and you do two routines. One of them is like an easier routine, and one of them is your harder routine. And so that's different than what those other people do? Yeah. So, like, uh, artistic gymnastics is the bars, the beam, the vaults. Got it. All, like, the kind of what you would call, uh, what's the word? The mainstream sort of, like, gymnastics you see. Like the one you see, like, on TV at the Olympics, basically? Yeah. Yeah. Do they not show the other one on TV at the Olympics? So, so the only event that is in the Olympics for trampoline gymnastics is the the trampoline, like the square bed trampoline. When you run and forward and do all the flips? No. So that's the double mini trampoline. 
um the one i don't have any videos or like professional videos i can show you but it's um i think i don't know it's not like you normally see the the backyard trampoline that's like a circle yeah uh but the olympic style trampoline is a, a rectangular um trampoline and it has like a white bed on it and the reason why i feel like it's not as mainstream is because the united states is not as as good at it as compared to other countries like i don't think we've ever had anybody from the united states win uh like silver or gold or bronze at the Crazy. olympics so yeah that's wild honestly G gymnastics is my favorite thing to watch at the olympics i always think it's so impressive and i feel like too like they honestly uh they hype it up so much like gymnastics artistic gymnastics is always like the main i feel like the main event of the olympics and um to like to be fair it's a really cool sport and i feel like it should be the main event like it's amazing to watch and it's so like um i don't know i feel like there's a lot of drama involved like if you're like kind of behind the scenes or you know more about like gymnastics and you see like the scores everyone gets and you're like oh this person needs the score to take home the gold and it's just super dramatic and i love that <laughs> I'm always kind of surprised that with how popular gymnastics is at the Olympics, that there's not like uh, for the other four years, uh, like a big thing for everyone to be watching in the meantime. Like I would watch, I feel like people would watch a, like gymnastics more often if it was on TV more often. There is. But it's not on like a big, in like the big way yeah. that like you see in the Olympics. Like they hype it up, like you said, with the Olympics. Like this is the big thing of the Olympics. And then the rest of the year, it's like, yeah, maybe there's like a thing that'll be on ESPN or something like that. But it's not like the big, there's not like a league that they show on TV all the time. Yeah. Right? Am yeah. I wrong? I, yeah. No, you're not wrong. Okay. I think they have, they have like world championships and stuff, but it's definitely not like broadcasted like as mainstream media, I guess you would say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, yeah. So, and they have a couple other like international competitions that they go to, but they're not as like commercialized or broadcasted. And it could be, it would be awesome for gymnastics, but you would say gymnastics kind of went through like um, a phase that kind of like made them die out a little bit with the whole safe sport and like the whole Larry Nasser incident and everything. And oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was not, not good at all. <laughs> No, no, not at all. Well, so, okay, so you said you started doing CrossFit after gymnastics. How long were you doing CrossFit before WWE came around? So I did CrossFit for maybe, like, just a year and a half, two years, maybe. And then I realized that CrossFit made me super bulky. <laughs> I did not like that. I got <laughs> super bulky. Um, I was kind of chubby, in all honesty, if I look back at my photos. Um, so I got into bodybuilding. Like, that is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to be able to form my muscles to how I wanted them to look. And, and that's why I got into bodybuilding. And I went through a whole prep, a bodybuilding prep. And that was life-changing. I'm so glad I did that before I came to the WWE. Because now I know how to get in shape for, like, a big pay-per-view. Or, you know, just in general. And... Yeah, bodybuilding definitely taught me that. And the discipline for dieting and stuff is on another level. And, like, food is my weakness. I love food. So, What's your normal – like, are you dieting all the time now to not be eating bad stuff? Because you have a cr – you're in crazy good shape. So I wonder, like, what you're able to eat and stuff. Cause it, it seems to vary between what your methodology is. Yeah, I definitely try and, like, I go through phases where I'm, like, 
okay, I can let up a little bit. There's nothing crazy going on in my life, but now I feel like I have to be in shape all the time. And uh, my diet is still, like, I still eat kind of like a bodybuilder. Um, like, my carbs are always really, really low compared to, like, a normal person. I always eat maybe 75 to max 150 grams of carbs a day. Um, and my proteins, like, I, I count my macros. My proteins are, like, at 150 and my fats are, like, at 50 grams. So I definitely still count my macros and try and like watch my like body fat percentage and stuff like that. I'm so bad with math that everything that you just said right now, I'm like, I would hate if my food had to become a math equation every time I was going to yeah. eat it. It would be a lot mentally for me. Yeah, it sucks. It takes the fun out of eating sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, gotta log this. but <laughs> You're about to eat something. You're like, well, how many macros are this? And, and then it takes the whole yeah. fun out of it does yeah but it's, also you're in, you're in crazy good shape so i you got to give and take there i know thank you it, it's hard like there's been days where i just i binge eat and i just i have a cheat meal and i shouldn't but all in all i feel like i burn it off when i have ring training so it's fine yeah we won't tell anyone you're just scrolling through yeah. tiktok binge eating it's okay no no one has to know uh, so then how did wrestling enter the picture for you then um, so I would say I was flipping through the channels. Um, I came across a random Friday night Smackdown. Um, and I saw Charlotte Flair and I saw like that she was blonde. She was buff. She could flip. She could talk some crap. And I was like, that is literally everything that I can do. <laughs> so immediately I wanted to figure out how I could get into wrestling and my mom helped me a lot. She kind of like reached out to some people and tried to figure out if there was a professional wrestling gym around me. And there was, there was one in Brooklyn park, Minnesota. Um, it's actually Mr. Kennedy, his, uh, pro wrestling gym where he trains. Um, and I went there, my mom went with me because it was in such a sketchy area. <laughs> <laughs> and how old are you at this time? Uh, I think I had just turned 21. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I went there and I kind of just observed my first day and just to see if I kind of like would like it. And I watched a class and like, I think it was the following week that I decided to sign up and take my first bump. And yeah, the rest is history. Now we're here. <laughs> so then, so the first person that trained you, was it Mr. Kennedy? It was. Um, but then I got in contact with a guy. His name is Greg Gagne. He honestly, he did everything for me when it came to the WWE. Um, he, I submitted my application to WWE so many times. They would not look at me. I was persistent about it too. Like I would submit it every week. Um, and nobody would take a look at me. Nobody would email me. And I finally got in contact with this guy named Greg Gagne. And he, I got on the phone with him. I talked to him for a little bit and he's like, okay, I will come down to uh, Mr. Kennedy's gym and I will see like how you look in the ring and how you can bump around and how you can like run the ropes and stuff. So he, we kind of like did our own little training session and he saw me take my first bump and he was like, okay, like you have something in you. <laughs> and he agreed to train me for, the weeks leading up to my tryout. Um, well, first he called 
he had some sort of connection. He called somebody who called somebody who called somebody. And oh, I they gave me some kind of connection. It's Greg Gagne. Of course he's got connections <laughs> in the WWE. Yes, he, he's got all the connections. Bless him. But he, um, they finally gave me a tryout. Um, my tryout was of March of 2020-21, I believe. And COVID hit. And they actually flew us all to the performance center and then had to fly us all back home because they had to host Raw and SmackDown there because COVID hit. It was very tragic. I was so ready. Oh, so that was right. Oh, man. So it was literally when COVID hit. That's crazy. Yes. Like the week it got serious. So then how long was it after that when you got your actual tryout? So that was when I went into my CrossFit and bodybuilding phase. Like I got super jacked. I got super shredded. So honestly, like it worked out very well. Um, it was about a year and a half later. So Dang. I got invited back. Yeah, it was a while. Oh. I got invited back in May of 2020, 2022 or something like that. I'm not sure. Um, but I got invited back. I absolutely killed my tryout. I made sure that I was going to die before getting a job there. Um, I, I killed my child and then a week later I got an email and they decided to sign me and they brought me, they brought me to the performance center within like a couple months and I started training, um, got on level up within two or three months of training at the PC. And then I debuted a couple months later and now we're here. NXT Women's Champion. That's wild, dude. That's a wild progression. Like, that was all, like, the way that all, because waiting a year and a half, that had to suck. But then having just, like, everything just happen immediately, and then you're, like, on TV right after. I mean, God, that's a that's a quick progression. It was, yeah, and during that year and a half, I was persistent. I would email them all the time. I said, hey, is, like, there a trial going on? Like, I want to be invited back, blah, blah, blah. And I would email them at least, like, once a month, and... They finally invited me back, and I was like, okay, this is my time. I'm literally in the best shape possible. I'm going to just blow them away with everything, and I did. Did you know of Greg Gagne's, like, connection to wrestling when you were training with him? Did you know that, like, his dad was a legend in wrestling, and or were you just like, this guy might be able to help me? So I didn't know about it, but my mom did. I think my mom, I don't know if she's like a secret wrestling fan or something, but (laughs) she knew who she was um, or who who he was. Sorry. But he actually, the whole, the whole reason that like I got connected to him is my mom was, is a nurse practitioner and she was over visiting a patient and she saw the patient had um, photos up of, uh wrestlers and stuff like that and she had just mentioned like oh my daughter wants to get into that but she honestly like has no idea how and the guy was like oh my gosh i know greg gagne maybe he can help her and he gave my mom his number and we texted back and forth and he called me and yeah and agreed to train me did you keep training with him at all in that year and a half while you were waiting to get another tryout yeah so i I made sure like I stayed, I guess, in ring shape. I didn't have any matches or anything crazy like that. I never uh, like wrestled on the indies or anything. Um, I kind of would just run the ropes and take some bumps. But yeah, he would make me come in like once a month at, at least, like leading up to it. But everything was closed because of COVID. So 
honestly, like immediately when everything opened up, I was back in that training center and I was and I was bumping around and running the ropes. I I very vividly remember when you got hired because someone I followed posted a picture of you and you and Greg Gagne together and being like, this girl randomly got trained by Greg Gagne. And I was like, that's such a weird, cool connection to wrestling history, like <laughs> the AWA and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's it's cool that there's some sort of lineage of that within you still. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool now that I feel like things are being brought back up to light or I think people are just now figuring out that I was trained by him and people are like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. Like that's so, I would not expect that at all from you. I think it's because he, it's not like he's doing a lot in wrestling these days. Like, it's not like he's, yeah. you know, constantly like, like working for any promotions or it's not a name you still hear that often in wrestling. So I think that's why some of the older diehard fans are like, that's such a cool connection there. Yeah, he, he definitely helped me a lot. He honestly, like, I think he did try to open up his own promotion or something, but I'm not sure like what happened with everything, but He's definitely been trying to get more involved in the wrestling world, but I'm not sure what he's up to these days. We 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 talk sometimes, but I'm so busy, he's so busy that things kind of just get, you know, like push under the rug or Well, you're the yeah. NXT women's champion now, so you're a little busy. It's not Duh. like it's not like you're not doing anything. It's not like you're just sitting around by the pool scrolling through TikTok all day. <laughs> <laughs> you're so right, you're so right. <laughs> um you know because of the fact that you have so few matches under your belt does that put a chip on your shoulder as the nxt women's champion i think it used to but i feel like now i i don't need to prove myself to anybody i don't need to go out there and you know like put on or do a bunch of crazy things i just need to go out there and be a star and have a big presence and um, like do my thing. And I'm done like proving to myself and everybody else that I'm worthy of this. Like I, I know that I'm worthy of holding this title. And I think now I like, is the time that I show it. I think one thing about you that I've always liked from the start is I think that Sometimes it takes people a while to formulate a character or to find their voice on TV. It can be difficult, especially when you're doing live TV and, and, and trying to figure out what it, you know, how you want to portray yourself on TV. But you're someone who, even from a young age, you seem just to be so dialed in to how you want to show yourself, how you want to present yourself on television and just the confidence level that you have. And I think that those two things combined really make you someone that people want to watch on television. Yeah, I definitely will not do anything unless it's 110%. Like, I will not do anything half effort. Um, I go into it, and I'm going to gonna make sure that I am the best at what I do. Um, so that's why I was like, okay, I just need to figure out who I am, and I need to formulate a character. I need to have go-tos for my promos. I need to figure out, like, my moveset, my finish. Like, I just... I really made sure that I checked every single box uh, because I really truly do want this and I do want to go far with this. So I just think um, knowing who I am as well, like in real life really helps too. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's like a huge, huge advantage you have over other people in that regard. And on top of that, the fact that you have these character inspirations in mind when I ask you that question in the beginning just shows me the kind of thought process that you've been putting into the Tiffany Stratton characters since day one, because 
sometimes people won't have an answer like that of who who they want mm-hmm. to take from. But I had a feeling there was going to be some pretty specific ones with you because you can see on TV that like you just kind of get it. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Um, I like honestly, the first couple matches, I really had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, but I honestly just like would always revert back to just be out of like what do you call it? Bigger than life, like out of this world and it worked. And I kind of just like continued with continued with that and I got more confident within my wrestling skills and yeah, I, I it really worked. What were your I know you were saying you're confident in yourself, but what were your nerves like heading into the title match at Battleground? Oh, I was very nervous, I have to say. Um, but I knew like that I could deliver. I knew that this is a match where I could really just showcase myself and and really prove to everybody that I'm worthy of, you know, earning this title. And I had a really good opponent and um, I thought like, this is my time. It's my time to show everybody. Were you uh, leading up to the day? Were, like, were your nerves pretty high? Would you say, like, would you say, you know, you were a little like shaken? Do you get shaken before a match at all? Like, are you in your head with those kinds of things? Yeah, I would say, like, throughout the day, I'm not very nervous. But right before I go out in Gorilla, it is the worst. Like, sometimes I almost, like, throw up <laughs> i get so nervous but then as soon as i leave i always tell myself like as soon as i leave gorilla i tell myself that like there's no more fear you have to go out and you have to be a star and you have to show everybody that you're a star and the like you can't let the pressure get to you so i just kind of like flip a switch as soon as i leave gorilla and i'm tiffany stratton who was the first person that you called after winning the match um my boyfriend actually surprised me right after. I would have definitely called him, but my boyfriend actually surprised me right after my match, and I thought that was so sweet because I had no idea all day that he was he was there, and he didn't come until I went and I did my entrance, and um, I came back and I saw him, and I literally like was like in awe. I could not believe he was there. Um, but yeah, I thought that was very sweet. And then obviously I called my parents and everything and yeah. I feel like the two of you uh, as a couple are like the most in shape couple uh, on the entire <laughs> roster. Like he, his, his, he is also in crazy good shape. So I imagine the two of you help keep each other in check there. Oh yeah. He, no, he keeps me in check. I don't <laughs> keep him in check. He seems he like that type. Cause I remember he did that with Gunther too. Like he helped Gunther get in shape. Yeah, he definitely did. He is a big help in my career, honestly. He has helped me so much. He has helped me understand wrestling and he's helped me with like matches and where to put my skills and my and he honestly helped me with my finish, like coming up with the finish for me. He's helped me a lot. He has really helped me a lot with everything. I can also imagine that, you know, when like winning the NXT women's title really motivates you to get to the main roster now and kind of keep collecting those accolades along the way, much like Charlotte Flair did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when I, I first want to very much establish myself down here, I want to be considered very dominant. Um, I want to be a great champion. I don't want to have any sort of like short, I guess, title reign, or I don't want anybody to have any doubts about me with getting called up to Raw or SmackDown. Um, but yeah, when I when I get called up to Raw SmackDown, I want to be more than ready. I want to be 
um, like put right into a title position as soon as I get called up. Since you've talked about Charlotte, you know, in interviews and in the past, you've mentioned that she was someone who inspired you to get into wrestling. Have you spoken with her at all since making that public? Um, I have not, but she, I feel like she is a busy gal. Um, I saw her in passing at WrestleMania, um, but we really haven't spoken that much just like the the couple of congratulations and stuff like that but i would love to sit down and talk to her and you know like pick her brain about this place and you know ask her the questions that i've always wanted to ask her she has a an, an amazing mind for the business obviously since she grew up in it and everything that she's done herself but you know, i've had you know i've interviewed her a couple of times and then talked to her off camera and, it, and it's it's a, a wealth of information so uh, I look forward to you guys eventually getting to mix it up because I think that she's someone who could definitely help take you to that next level. Me too. I, I would really love to sit down with her and talk to her. And yeah, I just think she would, she could help me so much. And, you know, like this business, I feel like is has so many different aspects that you need to be good at. And any advice I get, I feel like would help me. I'm going to ask you one non wrestling question and then I'm going to get to my closing segment here. Uh, but a lot of times when I'm doing these interviews, I'll look up those articles that say like, you know, five facts you didn't know about Tiffany Stratton or something along those lines, but there's not a lot of those out there about you. So what's one fact that people don't know about you that you wish could be included in one of those articles in the future? Oh, that's so hard to come up with something on the fly like that. Do you have like a secret hobby people don't know about or or uh something that you've done that people don't ever know about i will say when i work out i listen to heavy metal screamo music i feel like that is something people would never ever think but i do <laughs> i would not have expected that one who's on the playlist um i would say it's um it's disturbed um it's three days grace um shine down um who else do i uh five finger death punch um i think that's pretty much it i'm a i'm a person that doesn't really listen to one band i will listen to like songs that i like i won't like listen to a whole album you know yeah but i feel like some of those bands were relevant like when you were born and and not afterwards <laughs> so i wouldn't expect it to hear you were like a disturbed fan I'm a very, I'm a very big Nickelback fan. I love Nickelback. <laughs> They're one of those bands that I look at and I say, it's not fair that retroactively people have started to make fun of them, you know, now. And you go, they were awesome at the time. Like, I loved, like, Nickelback was cool when they were out. What? Why are we they now were. pretending like they weren't? I don't know. People love to, like, talk crap about them. I'm like, they were good back then and they still are. Like, I still listen to their music to this day. That's how I feel about Limp Bizkit a lot of times. Like, Limp Bizkit has become, like, a character of, like, oh, that terrible rap rock era when they had Limp Bizkit. Everyone makes fun of Limp Bizkit. And I'm like, uh, Limp Bizkit ruled. They were awesome to that time period. And I hate that people make fun of them now. Oh, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> Wait. You don't know who Limp Bizkit are? No. That's... I'm sorry. That's the crate. That's... I'm... No, I, you don't have to apologize for it, but that's going to be the clip that I cut from this episode. I can't believe, <laughs> I can't believe, you don't know the song like Nookie, Break Stuff, none of that? 
Greg stuff. I know Greg stuff. That's Limbiscuit. There yeah. we go. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. You got to go back and watch their WrestleMania performance now. Go watch okay. that WrestleMania. Oh. You, yeah, they performed at WrestleMania. They they're they're a thing. Really? Oh yeah, dude. Oh they're, my god. They're the ones who do the my way thing for Stone Cold and The Rock. The 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 oh. classic classic. You gotta. You know what? Next time you're working out, put Limbiscuit on just for me okay. and make me feel a little better here. Okay. Okay. I got you. <laughs> I got to get into my closing segment here. Uh, it's a segment okay. that I call the finishing move, where I talk about. Oh, there we go. I talk about various moves so first what's your least favorite move to be on the receiving end of um probably any sort of like ddt or pile driver i hate anything that involves like me having to hit my head or anything with my neck makes sense you said mm -hmm. okay so you said your boyfriend was the one who came up with the idea for your finish uh did you name it or was that his idea for the name as well i named it okay good it's been forever <laughs> Well, because, I mean, he since he's more of probably a, a wrestling fan for a, a longer time, I didn't know if maybe he was the one that was, uh, well, it was called it was Christopher Daniels and kind of was like, maybe you yeah, could yeah. do this. No, I just was like, oh, prettiest moonsault ever. Whatever. <laughs> what, was it inspired by Christopher Daniels at all, or was it just something that you kind of, like, realized after the fact? Um... I definitely knew that Crystal Daniels did it, but I didn't realize like how much on social media where people were gonna be like, "Oh my God, she's doing the Crystal Daniels best moonsault ever." So I thought I might as well just take the best moonsault ever gimmick and put prettiest moonsault ever in front of it. So nice yeah. little nod. So that that way you can shut people up ahead of time. Like, yeah, I know the similarity, but yeah. this one's prettier. <laughs> sure. uh, and lastly, what's the most memorable time you hit your finishing move on someone, and why? Mm, I would have to say definitely a battleground. Um, when I won the title, um, I felt I feel like my moonsault that was the best moonsault I have ever done, and it was on the pay per view. It was for the title. It was when it it was when it mattered the most, and the fact that I could pull that off after a sixteen minute match it's insane to me <laughs> yeah me too because my legs would not have been able to do that by that point that's why you do leg day three days a week yeah but you have no idea what i felt in that match my legs were my legs were gone like i was just pushing and i was praying that i my legs were able to push so that definitely yeah. would have sucked if you hadn't been able to do the moonsault once you got up there yeah but i feel like i can do a moonsault like in my sleep I honestly was... like I was going to say the same thing. I was like, I've watched the videos of you doing like in the air. So I would imagine one can't be that difficult. Once I know that I like, uh, once I get past the second rope and I hit the third one, I know like I'm good. It's all good from there. Well, Tiffany, I am so excited for your future. I am stoked that you're the NXT women's champion. I'm excited to see what you do while down there in NXT and eventually moving up to the main roster. And I appreciate you taking the time today. Just please do me a favor. Just please go listen to Limp Bizkit at some point in the next week. Okay. Maybe tomorrow on my leg day. We'll see. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, have a great one, Tiffany. Thank you. Peace. All right. That was my conversation with Tiffany Stratton. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. What a cool person. Very cool. Very much enjoyed that conversation. Definitely learned some stuff. I didn't know about her, and I can't believe that she's never heard of Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit? Come on.
come on. If you're watching this and you haven't heard of Limp Biscuit, get your stuff together. Pull up Spotify, Apple Music, and you go put on Significant Other. Great album. Make sure you guys go check it out. Also, while I'm giving out uh, instructions here, make sure that you follow WWE on Fox on social media, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. We're on all of them, so make sure you follow us. And also make sure that you're subscribed to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find this this show on video every week and clips from the show, YouTube shorts and more. So make sure that you're subscribed to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. And also subscribe to the Add a Character podcast feed. If you're watching this on video right now, I, of course, appreciate that you are doing so. But do me a favor. Go follow. Go subscribe to the Add a Character podcast feed as well. And leave a review if you enjoyed this show. If you didn't enjoy the show, you're probably not going to do all that. But don't leave a mean review because that's just not cool. But go leave a positive one if you actually enjoyed this week's podcast. All right. That's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been Out of Character.